This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Live. Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The top ten. The top ten. The top ten. I can hear you typing. <laughs> what? I said I could hear you typing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me tonight, we're actually recording this at night, which we never do, so I have with me tonight, Brittany. How are you doing today, Brittany? I'm good. It does feel a little bit odd when I'm like, oh, yeah, the sun should be, like, barely poking out of the clouds, the dawn, like, the break of dawn, like, doing the podcast. So it's kind of funny just seeing how dark it is outside. I'm used to your update on all of your cats piling up on you uh, first thing in the morning. I will say, um, only Toby's right next to me. Maddie's on the windsill, but when I initially came home and I was so exhausted, I had all three kittens on me, and Toby and Maddie was, like, close by, and I was like, I'm never going to get out of bed ever again. This is the life. <laughs> um, well, so, Brittany and I are recording this at nighttime uh, because yesterday was Easter. So, Brittany, happy Easter. Hope uh, Hope you had a good time. I know that uh, your plans kind of fell through a little, but I hope you still had a great Sunday. Uh, it, it was good. Did a lot of work, but, uh, I mean, I'm still alive, so that's good, right? <laughs> uh, yes, we went over my grandparents' house, you know, small get-together, um, and it was a nice occasion, very full, ate a lot, of course. You can't go to my grandparents' house without walking away having eaten a lot. <laughs> Ready to go back to New York as soon as possible again, just for, like, your family's cooking. No, I'm not ready to explode. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. We brought uh, we brought my dog, and she had a good time as well. So, you know, it was, it was a good Sunday. It was a good Easter. I was going to say, I will never forget the story of me, like, because I was especially around the time where I couldn't eat a lot and barely making a dent in the food your mother had given me. And I was like, okay, I'm making progress. And your mom walking over and fucking, like, piling me up again. And the look on my face when you're like, <laughs> you're like, mom, look at her. She's not going to be able to finish that. <laughs> I just remember my stomach dropping because I was like, I don't want to be rude because it was really good. But I was like, I can't finish this because it's Italian. You know, it's like good hearty meals, right? And I'm sitting there like, I'm not going to be able to finish this. Barely make a dent. Your mother fucking like, she like doubled the plate. I was just like, I think you could see the panic in my eyes. That's, you know, that's just how it goes in, uh, in uh, the Covino Fabi residence, but um, yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Um, you know, when you come to New York, you gotta come ready to eat. That's like, um, you know, I have a friend Sarah who lives over in England, and you know, 
portions um, pretty much all around the world. I don't even want to say just Europe, all around the world. Because when Cindy and I went to Mexico a few years ago, I mean, the portions were significantly smaller than they are here. But, you know, again, they're smaller in Europe. So when she, when my friend Sarah came from England over here, I mean, she was astonished by everything. Like, we went to one restaurant, she got a salad, you know. And I, it, to me, it was just an average-looking salad. And she was just like, oh, my God, it's so big. This is so huge. Um, and so, you know, I guess that's just how Americans are. It's just portions are just fucking massive. It's like my French professor, he cracks me up because uh, it's kind of like same note but different notes. And he was like, and everything that has to do with cuisine, like when we're learning like, you know, uh, the vocab for like, you know, cuisine and everything. And he's like, uh, you know, just like trying to say we don't have a glass of wine before noon. And he just got this look, this look like. We have glasses of wine before noon. I was like, oh, okay, sir. Um, what you calls it? It's so funny. Um, you know that expression? It's five o'clock somewhere. Um, what you calls it? I don't know why that just reminded me. So the other day, I went out to uh, lunch with Cindy. Right? We went out to this like Indian restaurant near my like kind of near my house, not like directly near, but, you know, not very far away. Um, so we're sitting down and it's lunchtime. So it's probably around like one thirty or something. And the waiter comes over to us and he's like, okay, what do you have? And you're like, you know what? We're both going to have drinks because who cares? It's a Saturday. And we're like, and Cindy goes, it's five o'clock somewhere. And the waiter goes, oh, um, have you guys been to Key West before? And we're like, no and he's like oh that's like an expression there and i sat there and go that's an expression everywhere um and he's like no that's like a real expression down in key west and i'm like well probably because it's always sunny and beachy and everyone's just drinking as soon as they wake up at like 9 a.m it's five o'clock somewhere <laughs> oh man that's like when we uh when we go on cruises and stuff but it's like yeah there's alcohol and you'll like i'll have just woke up right It'll be like, yeah, you got up early on a cruise because you're like, oh, I got to make the best of the day. It's like 8, 9 in the morning. I'm going to walk around the boat. Everybody's kind of waking up. And there's already people by the pool with fucking drinks in their hand and beer. You know, the smoking sections are you got the people smoking with their alcohol. And I'm like, man, you really are like, this is my cruise. I am going to enjoy myself. I'll be really honest, right? I know I always refer back to the um, vacation that I took with Cindy, but that realistically is, like, the only vacation that I went to. It's, say, just a friend, like, out of the country. Like, of course, I go and see you, but that's, like, going to another state. Like, her and I went to Mexico, and that was, like, I think I was around, like, 24 at the time. And, yeah, no, we for some reason, we always woke up around 7, we're on vacation. We're waking up early, right? We wake up, we have our coffee in our hotel room, and we immediately go downstairs to the pool beach area and order a freaking like, gin and tonic and then just sit outside. Like, we were definitely that epitome of, we're on vacation, time means nothing. <laughs> I'm going to have a cocktail. You're like, I'm going to live it up. I'm going to live it up. But, yeah, um, this top ten is not about alcohol surprisingly enough <laughs> but um 
It actually is about um, something that we haven't ever done before, but I feel like we should have. And that is the top 10 Black Widow moments from the MCU. And this is in honor of the fact that they just dropped a new trailer for the upcoming Black Widow movie. Um, I forgot the new date, right? But Disney finally, like, got wise, and they're doing a hybrid release. So not only will Black Widow be available in theaters, but it will actually be available on Disney Plus as well for a fee. So they're not doing what HBO Max is doing and offering it as a part of, like, the general streaming package. Um, You're going to have to pay extra, which I'm fine with. I've been saying this for a while. I'm like, just drop it on Disney Plus or I stop postponing it. So we're finally going to get Black Widow. I'm so excited because, you know, what's it been, like, two years ago now? Was it two years ago that whenever we have not had a Marvel movie since 2019? I remember I was so excited because Black Widow was supposed to come out in, like, my birth month, right? And Mm -hmm. I was like, and we were still trying to set up for seeing each other. And it was like, oh, you know, and then everything hit. And I was like, well, maybe we can watch it together somehow. And then uh, then that's when the Fire Nation attacked. And we got freaking COVID. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, as soon as HBO Max, right, as soon as, like, Warner Brothers said, hey, for 2020 or, no, for 2021, right, we're going to release all of our stuff on HBO Max as well as theaters. And some people gave them shit, but I thought that that was actually a good idea. I'm like, realistically, you, we don't know when any of this is ending. You know, it's all stretching so long. Um, theaters aren't open throughout the country. Like, some places have theaters open, but, like, say in New York, there's no theaters open. So, you know... Uh, how long are you going to keep pushing your movies before it starts ruining plans or it starts, you know, even becoming irrelevant? So to me, I was like, this is a good idea. I want to see Black Widow. I can't wait for it to come out. And then with Black Widow coming out, that means we'll get to finally get into phase four of the MCU. We'll see Shang-Chi. We'll see The Eternals, Doctor Strange 2, Spider-Man 3. Like, these are great movies that were all postponed due to you know, not only the pandemic, but Black Widow continuously getting pushed back. Yes, they had to push those back, though, right, because they really needed the Black Widow movie to push it off, right? Well, yeah, you know, even a Black Widow movie is technically a prequel. It is going to, you know, introduce things like um, Yelena, right, the other Black Widow who is probably going to be taking over Natasha's role um, is going to be in the upcoming Hawkeye movie, uh, not Hawkeye movie, the upcoming Hawkeye show, which means that she'll probably be the Black Widow in future Avengers products, you know? Now, if Alexi dies, I riot. Because uh, I'm most positive he's going like, to I have a feeling that, like, everyone except Natasha, because obviously it's a prequel, so we know that she's going to live, I have a feeling that Natasha and Yelena are going to be the only ones who survive. And prior, I thought Yelena was going to die as well, but they've literally seen, like, set photos of the actress on set for the Hawkeye series, which takes place after Endgame. So I'm like, okay, Yelena definitely lives. <laughs> but I don't know about Alexi and Melina. 
now what's the whole thing like you know where they're like oh it was like pretend like you know from the trailer i got was alexi pretending to be their father at some point okay so it's like you know the whole thing of like sleeper agents you know there's a show called the americans which is literally about these like two russian spies that were said that they were going to go to america and their whole like you know um uh story is that they're a married couple and they end up having a child and they live as these happy americans but they're not really like a happy married couple they're two russian soviet spies you know pretending just waiting for like the order so i got the whole you know that's what they were doing because you know the 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 red room the black widow um program is russian and you know the red guardian is the whole soviet union um product so it's like i got the whole you know, Alexi and Melina, played by Rachel Weiss, pretended to be a couple, and Natasha and Yelena were their pretend children. Yeah, I remember, like, uh, like uh, I remember that she says something like, uh, like, oh, it was pretend, and, you know, Yo- what's her name, Yelena? Yelena. Yeah, that she said, she was like, well, it wasn't fake to me, and I'm like, ugh. And then you see Alexi, like, like, my girls are strong. And I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, it looks like to me from what I got where it's like, again, it they were all put together to for appearances, right? And then Natasha left because she was like, this was all just part of our training. This wasn't ever real, you know? Um, and then she left to uh, probably go join S.H.I.E.L.D. And... When she comes back, Yelena's like, yeah, we were put together, but that doesn't, you know, negate the fact that you felt like a sister to me. So sad. Right? It's going to be sad. The movie's going to be sad. I know it already. Like, I know it so much in my bones, in my heart. (laughs) But either way, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Black Widow. Um, I'm glad that we're finally getting Marvel. I'm ready to be heard again. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've been watching the Marvel show, so I'm already hurt. Like, WandaVision uh, hurt. <laughs> WandaVision hurt my soul, especially the end of WandaVision. Um, you know, that hurt. Um, and Falcon and Winter Soldier isn't hurting yet because we're only on episode three. But it could. It probably will at some point. <laughs> So, you know, I've I've been hurt already. (laughs) What would you say? I feel like there's so much planning right now to make everything fit together just right for, like, an end goal again. Because I feel like the first phase and the second phase were, like, a masterpiece, right? How many phases have we had now? Three. So. The three led up to that final, like. Like, this is the what everything was working towards. This is everything. And so to see it gone, it's like the next bit's going to have to, like, live up to it because it's too big of a cash cow for them to just stop now. Well, that was the thing. People are like, they should end with Endgame. And I even saw some people like, I'm going to stop watching after Endgame. And I'm like, if you think that Disney is going to give up, like, the thing that has made them so much money, you're delusional and there is so much story left to tell. Like we have, we haven't even got X-Men yet. We haven't gotten the fantastic four yet. There's other characters we still haven't gotten yet. It's like, dude, you know, these come from comics. Their world is insanely vast. Like we haven't even gotten like 
to the tipping point. <laughs> well, you know, you know, there's got to be that pride moment for Stanley for when, you know, Marvel was, you know, people still love Marvel, but, you know, it wasn't at the really the forefront anymore. Like, you know, I was always like, I like these characters, or there was video games with it, but I didn't think about it. But this really gave birth to it being, like, household. Like, it was already household, but, like, the new generation knowing about these characters and loving them. I mean, Stanley was forced to sell off some of his characters because Marvel wasn't making money. That's why, you know, for years the X-Men had to be separated from the Avengers and Spider-Man was separate, you know, and blah, blah, blah. There's a reason why there's like three or four different studios that all owned, you know, Marvel characters as opposed to DC that's owned by Warner Brothers exclusively, right? It's like there's a reason. And why we kind of have this whole thing that makes it a little complicated. So it is great to know that, like, Stanley could see that these characters are beloved and start seeing these characters come back together. So I'm happy. I'm a Marvel fan. You know it. Like, the Marvel Universe makes me happy. Um, I love everything that I'm given for the most part. Like, pe- some people just can't be happy, obviously. Like, <laughs> um, I'll tell you this. Like, want, like me right um i love marvel but i'm not the biggest comic book reader so i really don't have any expectations but people had like a lot of expectations with wandavision and when those expectations weren't met in the finale suddenly everyone's like this whole show was crap even though they loved it week by week and were praising it but because they didn't get that like little I guess, like, validation at the end. It was, like, all of a sudden you saw all these people turn on WandaVision. But me having, like, no expectations and just loving the story, um, I was, like, I thought it was a great ending. And (laughs) I love the way it ended. I think we're really going to, like, they're, like, I'm sorry we made you feel, you heartless bastards. (laughs) Brittany, it was so sad and stressful, but it was, like, so sad and bittersweet. Um, you know, Wanda, Wanda and Vision is always going to be a tragic story. I was say, you can't, you can't, uh, tell me I won't be stressed out with that show. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely be stressed out. But, um, let's, let's get into the actual top 10, right? Which is our top 10 Black Widow moments from the MCU. Also, really quick before we get into that. A uh, new trailer for the Loki show just released. You know I'm excited for that. Um, oh, but man. Be- <laughs> but before we get into the number 10, of course, you know, as always, we have to give a huge shout-out to our friends over at Stranger Damies. As you know, Stranger Damies is the D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. I talk about them every week. They're amazing guys. Dan, Mark, and Ant are all amazing. They're members of... Geek Vibes Nation. They also have another really great podcast called They Call This a Movie, which I listen to all the time. I even got my aunt um, to listen to them after they did Leprechaun in the Hood, um, which apparently, yeah, it was so funny. My, My aunt was like, I love that movie. And I said to myself, well, my friends over at you know, they call this a movie, did a podcast, like, roasting it. So I sent it to her, and she listened to the whole thing, and she's like, oh, that's not the movie I was thinking about. I was thinking about, like, Leprechaun Goes Back to the Hood or something. I was like, oh, my God, there was another <laughs> There was another one? What the heck? 
Yeah, so, but anyway, please make sure that you go check them out. You can find their D&D podcast over at Stranger Damies, both on Twitter and Instagram. They're amazing people. Make sure you tell them that Tia sent you, and yeah, just support awesome podcasts. That's all we ask, but Brittany, let's get into it. What's your number 10? I'm going to go ahead and go with this one, even though it is the sad one, just because I feel like there's so many better scenes, but also because it's slightly comical to me in a fucked up way. And I'm going to have to go with Natasha dying. <laughs> it, I'm going to admit that it was a little comical in a messed up way. I, well, it's because, okay, you have two characters, right? And it's like, at first, it was like, you know, I would have felt really something if Hawkeye had done it, right? Because, mm-hmm. yes, he did have a family, and if it was like, it, it would have been the Tony Stark of it, right? Like, right. I feel like that would have been like, oh, this family man, you know, this man giving up his life for everybody else to come back and the first family to be safe. Yeah, the sacrifice. Uh, but I feel like if that had happened, then Tony's would have happened. It would have not had the same effect. So I guess that's probably another reason, too, for everything. But having these two grown-ass people try to fling themselves off of this fucking cliff, and then they're like, no me, no me, and they're just, like, holding them there. I, it was so, so kind of weird that I didn't feel the full impact of her dying until later on. I was just like, I remember, I think, uh, I think I was, like, by myself. I think I went and saw it by myself, because I think everyone was working, and, you know, you're in New York. I think I uh, ended up, like, looking at someone that I kind of become friends with, like, in, like, my the movie friend, you know, like, when you go by yourself. I just looked at her, and I was like, what? And she's, like, looking at me, like, the fuck just happened? What just happened? And so, like, to me, I'm just like, that's, I don't know, it was just, it was funny, but I do feel like it was a big impact, and it's like, in the in the more serious, it's like, she did make the sacrifice, she got the soul stone, uh, she, you know, she was the reason they were able to, go you know, bring this all together, and so for the comical reason is why it's down so low, because I feel like that could have been a little more, like, tear-jerking, you know, but I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like I couldn't be upset about it, but I did feel like it was a good scene in the fact of, like, showing what she would sacrifice for everyone. Um, so remember in Endgame, right, when they're discovering, like, where each of the Infinity Stones are and where they have to go and get them, um, you know, and Nebula's, like, one of them's on Volmir, or Vol- I forget how to, like, pronounce it, right? But, and Natasha and Clint go, and it, like, didn't even register that they were, say, like, going there. I was like, oh, they're going to go get the stone, and, like, then they're going to come back. And then you remember, like, oh, wait, that's where, like, Thanos flung Gamora off of a fucking ledge, right? And then you realize that, and then you realize one of them has to die, but again, you sit there and go, well, they're Avengers. They're going to figure out a way that neither of them have to die. And you're like, oh, no, one of them's going to die. And they're both sitting there, and they're like, and I guess that's supposed to show how, like, good of friends they are or something that they have. Like, even in that moment, they had to have a little, like, you know, tussle and everything. But it was a little, like, comical because it's like, I'm going to be the one who sacrifices himself. No, I'm going to be the one who sacrifices himself. (laughs) No, I'm going to be (laughs) 
And the fact that, like, so it was, like, a little funny in the way that it was framed. But then the serious part goes in where she leaps off and he catches, where Clint catches her. And he's, like, looking at her, like, don't do this. And she's, like, it's okay, let me go. Um, And you realize, like, that it all comes full circle, right? Because in the beginning of that movie where she's saying, like, this is my family, I can't be just okay with us being okay with this having happened like i need to get them back it's important that we get everyone back um so it's like people have made the argument where it's like well you know clint had a family it's like natasha had a family too and they said it too like they the avengers were her family um you know so i don't know i hate how lost over it is in Endgame. Like, it's almost like, oh, we just got rid of a minor character kind of death. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, death Natasha has and I was like, Natasha's been around since day one. Um, I just felt that she needed more than that. And like, her solo movie, like, as excited I, as I am for it, sometimes feels like a consolation prize. Like, hey, we killed her off, but here's a prequel. And it's like, well, I don't want a prequel. I want something that's, like, in the continuity of the actual timeline. <laughs> I um, um, oh, There was something to add to that. It was just, like, they had, like, one sad scene where everybody's, like, sad about it, and then it was, like, done. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like, okay, back to business, boys. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it felt. Like, all right sons let's go um i did i forgot who i was talking to it was probably Jawan. where i was like you know why didn't nebula warn them and i think he like pointed out saying you know nebula knew obviously what was required but she knew also by telling them that then you know they would have to have this like big argument and discussion it was probably better to let them find out for themselves yeah, um, they could kind of make that decision for themselves. But, you know, they didn't even have a funeral for Natasha. Like, they had a funeral for Tony. And, we and you know, like, we've heard Tony's name since then, right? Like, in Spider-Man 2, Far From Home, Peter was all sad about Tony dying. You know, rightfully so. But has anyone mentioned Natasha once since No, that they haven't. But it's like, oh, well, what a shame. And again, like, I'm watching the shows, right? I watch WandaVision. I'm watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're not, uh, Natasha has not been brought up once. It's like, like, you could make the argument that she made just as big a sacrifice as Tony because, like, she had to willingly throw herself off. And it's like, I get that he did that. Like, he did the final snap. Everybody has, like, Tony's face plastered everywhere as, like, the savior. And it's like, she she did too, you know? She wouldn't have gotten the soul stone if it weren't for the fact that she sacrificed her life for it. And it's like, you're right, where are the shrines of Black Widow? <laughs> She's so undervalued. That's just not right. I don't like it. But... Oh. <laughs> I think it's a good way to start off the top ten. Um, my number nine is actually going to be another Clint and Natasha moment, and it's very small, but it's so iconic, I feel like, in the MCU, especially in the first phase of the MCU. 
and it's them in the first Avengers movie when when Natasha goes, this reminds me of Budapest, and Clint goes, you and I remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> um, yeah, right. and- I, 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 quick interjection, like, Hawkeye, I don't much care for, but his interactions with Natasha are great. His his character is made better by his friendship with Natasha. Um, I, and I really felt, and I really felt that, but I love that scene because it's like, they're literally fighting aliens in New York city. And the fact that like Natasha could be so casual that she's like, Oh, you know, this just kind of reminds me of like another day at the office. And Clint is like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? There are aliens coming out of the sky. There weren't aliens in Budapest. <laughs> Right. I was gonna say, isn't it Budapest where they met and tried to kill each other? I mean, I think that's what they like allude to always. You know, the whole thing was that um, wasn't Clint meant to kill Natasha because she was a KGB agent, and then decided instead to kind of recruit her for Shield. You know, I really want to rewatch the first Thor movie because I didn't like it and I didn't like much pay attention to it. But I would like to go back because what the fuck was Clint even doing at that time? Well, Clint was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and his whole thing was like he was supposed to be like, you know, Hawkeye. He was up in the sky keeping an eye down, you know, like he wasn't on the ground or anything like that. So his whole thing pretty much was just being like an assassin slash guard, essentially, making sure, like, Thor didn't do anything. Did that make sense? That makes sense. I was just trying to remember exactly what he was, Uh, which reminds me, in the Black Widow movie, I'm really actually excited to see who's behind the mask, but I will be pissed off if I have another Kylo Ren situation. (laughs) I think it's, um, because, okay, right? I know this is, like, a long time ago. But what was it, two, three years ago when they announced, like, the Black Widow cast, right? And Kevin Feige had everyone come up. He had, um, what do you call it? He had Scarlett Johansson there, David Harbour, uh, Rachel Weisz, Florence Pugh, and then this guy, and forgive me, I don't know his name. It was, like, OT something, right? There was this other guy, and, he, and Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, like, this is your cast for Black Widow, Right. And so in the trailers, right, Scarlett Johansson's obviously Natasha, Florence Pugh is Yelena, Rachel Weisz is Melina, David Harbour is Red Guardian. Where's OT? He was on the stage when they announced, but we have not seen him once in the trailer. And I'm like, I bet you he's playing Taskmaster because they haven't even announced, like, who he's playing. And they do that sometimes in movies to be, like, cheeky. But I'm like, all right. He's the only person who is on that stage who got announced, and he doesn't have a film credit. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, I bet you that's Taskmaster. Like, because I'm, like, trying to look, and it doesn't seem like anybody knows who's playing him, but that mm-hmm. would make sense. I'm just like, I am so sick of having these cool-ass mask characters only to be heavily disappointed when they take it off. <laughs> Brittany's gonna riot as a result. I will. You don't <laughs> know. But yeah, so my number nine is uh this reminds me of Budapest just because it's such an iconic scene, it's funny, it kinda like gives you this little light humor in the middle of a battle, and I feel like as if it was just so like 
mysterious for all of the MCU where you're like, what happened in Budapest? Um, so that's going to be my number nine. Brittany, what's your number eight? Uh, let me look here. I think I was going to put, um, oh, I think I'm going to do, uh, I think I'm going to do her escaping the Hulk. In, oh, oh, in the first Avengers? Yes, because, like, I can't remember what caused him to get angry, because she was like, I'm going to call, oh, it's when they got attacked. It was when they got attacked and they fell down. And mm-hmm. could you imagine how fucking terrifying that would be to be like, yeah, I kind of know him. You know, I brought him here. You know, it's fine. Um, and I think he was mad at her because she was the reason he came there in the first place. Yeah, so it was kind of like just chilling, like, you know, just kind of living in the outskirts of the world, essentially. Yeah. And so when that happened and you just see him turn and you're like, think of Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Because it's one thing to have the Hulk after you, but I feel like to have him in such a tight space where any kind of movement will just kill you would be terrifying. And I really think that really showed how very, like, how how skilled Natasha is to be able to get away from him in that kind of situation because you have to think about it, you know, powered up or not or you know having some kind of serum in you to like survive something like that i mean that just takes skill so um i just i love that scene because i feel like when she got out and you're thinking oh yeah she about got fucked up but how many people could go oh yeah i went face to face with the hulk and survived you know without getting limbs ripped off i know thor did but he's a literal god tia i mean come on now that scene is terrifying when you wa- watching it for the first time and you see him like unable to control himself and she's I think trapped under something at first and she's just looking at him like so begging where she's like don't don't fucking do this man I don't want to get ripped apart um and yeah no so it was really terrifying and I love that she was able to get away I have to say like I don't know if you like visually remember that scene but there's such a great visual of natasha running out and the hulk running after her and you know his body's so massive that it's like literally like crashing into like say the walls around him it's such a great like visual scene um and i was terrified for her i was like he's gonna catch up to her oh my god I feel like the next time we see each other, we need to have a big Marvel marathon and watch them in, like, uh, like the canon order of them. You know, like, what made the most sense? Because I would love to see a lot of these scenes again. Because that is the one thing. There's so many movies that's, like, you know, hard to kind of organize where you want to rewatch. But I would love, 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 love to watch Winter Soldier again. That has to be one of the best ones. And I think that's one of the ones I've seen the fewest times. Oh, my God. The Winter Soldier is my favorite movie in the MCU. I think it's the, like, it holds up the best, and it's just so good. Um, so I agree with you on that one. It's just so fucking amazing. Um, what's your call? Yeah, I love Natasha escaping the Hulk. I I like the first Avengers movie. If you go back and rewatch it, it's a little campy at times. But I think that the first Avengers movie holds up better 
than Avengers Age of Ultron, in my opinion. You know what I think it is? I think for the first Avengers for me is kind of like my opposite critique of the DC. I felt like it was just very bright and colorful, like weirdly bright and colorful. Well, Captain America's like uniform was my least favorite uniform in that movie, yeah, and that was so bright. It was so bright and like blue and everything. And I mean, it did I think look more traditional to his. I guess, comic book accurate one, but I didn't like it. I was like, please take that off. (laughs) Please put something else on, anything other than that. I'd rather see you go toe-to-toe with Loki in, like, sweats and a T-shirt than wearing that freaking uniform. I like the transformation we saw with Captain America from being kind of that Boy Scouty, like, no cussing to, you know, being grungy almost, like, being very, like, almost like very worn soldier type (laughs) what's the thing oh my god last week we were talking about american gods and i forget what you said what's the quote where it's like um uh, i'll I'll have your daughter home by (laughs) 11 versus your daughter calls me daddy too or something like that like like steve rogers went from one to the other especially in um in Infinity War, right? He has a quote where he says something like, I- I'm done asking for permission and I'm beyond forgiveness or something. And I was like, oh, damn, Steve oh, Rogers. Um, there's a, a, that's funny, though, because I was thinking about uh, where I'm interning, right? The IT director, he got on to one of the kids. Well, like kids, but, you know, like interns, you know. He said something, it's like language, because, like, they had said fuck. And I said, calm down, Captain America. And he, the look he gave me, like, he wanted to say something. This motherfucker, right? My IT director, by the way, has Hydra tattoos all over him. I don't know if I told you that. He has Hydra tattoos all of him. And when the last time he cosplayed, he cosplayed as Red Skull. Oh my god. I don't know. Is someone idolizing Hydra? There's something something a little questionable there. Um You know what, what he had in in his office he has an Alexi pop. He has a red guardian pop. <laughs> if we ever did a top ten best Steve Rogers moment, one that I would put down would definitely be Steve Rogers leaning in in Endgame and going Hail Hydra in order to try to, like, get the frickin' Loki staff and Tesseract, you know, away from the Hydra agents. I feel like that was such a good moment for, like, the hype around, like, not hype, but you know when, like, it was around the time Captain America said Hail Hydra in the comics. So I yeah. Felt like so fitting. But it, like, it made more sense because I think in the comics it's, like, there, it was like an alternate universe or something where Steve really was a Hydra agent and people really didn't like that because, um, you know, Hydra is an offshoot of the Nazi party, right? And Captain America was created by Jack Kirby, who's who was a Jewish man, and written to be a symbol of, you know, Jewish power fighting against 
Nazism. So people really didn't like the idea that you're having this character create for this specific thing being turned into, like, a Nazi, pretty much. So I understood uh, where people didn't like it in the comics, but I I liked how they did it in the show. I'm not in the show, in the movie, because it was Steve just being smart to get what he wanted. I think that's another thing, though, because I know Red Skull tries to explain, like, he's like, I don't care about any of, like, that, like, you know, like, I don't care about, oh, all of the uh, the genocide part, but we're in this other part, and I, I'm like, yeah, I guess that, but you're still fucking awful. Yeah, I know, he tried to, like, make it seem like he was better, like, no, I'm, like, I'm a scientist, blah, blah, and I'm like, no, nah, mm, uh, let me stop you there. <laughs> still what have you ever seen that gif from Brooklyn Nine Nine where the guy where Andy Sandberg's like cool, 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 still murder though? <laughs> Dude, I need to see that show. Everybody talks about how good it is, and I'm like, I have never seen it. I loved Brooklyn Nine Nine. I think it's hilarious. It's like so. It's a you know a cop procedural show, but just hilarious, but not in the way of like Reno Nine One One. Like they're serious. I heard that they were bringing it back. I heard at some point they were (laughs) the one revival we're okay with. But um, yeah, number eight, Natasha escaping Hulk. Great. I'm gonna go with number seven. It's gonna be a small one, but I always thought it was hilarious to me. Um, and I'll explain it because it goes into other things as well. And it's when Natasha kisses Steve in The Winter Soldier. Um, No, and I like that scene because, um, you know, they're trying to escape Brock, right? And they're in this mall and going down an escalator and they see Brock coming up another escalator. And it's like, shit, how do we not get recognized, right? So Natasha turns to Steve and she goes public displays of affection make people uncomfortable and Steve's like yes they make me uncomfortable and she's like kiss me and she like kisses him and you see how like dumbfounded Steve looks but Natasha's just smirking and I love how they're in the car later and she literally turns him and goes is that the first time you've kissed a girl in like 80 something years (laughs) and Steve's just like what are you trying to say I'm bad or something (laughs) By the way, I, I did kind of think it was cute. I know Brock is evil, but the way he looked away, like, ugh. <laughs> like, because PDA does make people uncomfortable. <clears throat> Brittany. Don't, uh-huh. <laughs> don't you judge my way of life. Don't you shame me. <laughs> but anyway, I always thought that that scene was funny. Because first of all, I always, like, you know, the first time we see Natasha and Steve interact is in the first Avengers movie. And I liked their interactions, even though they were kind of small. But the Winter Soldier, like, really expanded on Steve and Natasha's friendship to the point where, like, they were joking around. You know, Natasha was kind of like her – Natasha was kind of like his, you know, buddy, you know, and all that. Um like, one of my other favorite scenes in The Winter Soldier is when they're in that base, like, on the computers, and Natasha's like, want to play a game? And she kind of goes to him, she goes, it's from a movie, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I saw the movie. <laughs> and, like, to That's me, I just... 
Oh my god. No, uh, I love that shit. Now, by the way, on that subject, of, uh, for later on, I'm torn between that or the other thing now. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tina. You're welcome, you're welcome. But, um, yeah, so I guess, like, number seven would definitely be, like, Natasha kissing Steve, but also kind of, like, Natasha's friendship with Steve. I think that's one of the th- things that made me the saddest when it came to Natasha dying, where I was, like, I don't know, I, I love their friendship. And, like, you could see Steve was sad in Endgame. I think he even cried. Like, I think they showed a literal tear like, run down his cheek, but I still was, like, there was never enough acknowledgement of Natasha's death in the movie. I felt like he was more upset over it than freaking uh, Hulk. Like, Bruce me. You know me. I never shipped Natasha and Bruce. I thought that was, like, a, like, they forced that like whole thing on us and i love that it didn't come to fruition nothing against bruce i love bruce banner i just didn't think they had chemistry with each other um to me they shoehorned that in to be like oh look the nerdy guy got the the girl that everybody wanted i think there was a bunch of different tropes that fell into that i think that was one of them i think another was oh look we have this like really badass like you know woman um we need a guy to ground her someone that she'll leave the life for because you know she was like i'll leave this all behind for you you know um and then they had to have like that really awkward scene where she had to like explain that you know her uterus was taken out and everything and i'm like oh god we don't need any of this why do we need like a 20 minute thing of like natasha explaining her trauma you know on screen and shit like i i didn't like it so I think that fell into it. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't like it for a number of reasons. It just felt so unnatural to me. Um, and I hate, it felt really forced. Like, to me, I was like, I don't think that you need to hook Natasha up with anyone. But if you were going to hook her up with someone, hook her up with someone who she had the most chemistry with, i.e., Steve Rogers. <laughs> you, you, un, uh, you are, like, you have no shame. I am definitely a Roman Rogers uh, shipper, uh, is what the kids that are calling it. Ship name. I don't think I would have been able to say that. I, I'm impressed. Yeah, Roman Rogers. Um, they R- definitely R- loved each other. Rogers? I, I have a lot of different examples. The fact that Natasha showed up to Peggy's funeral and she said she was there for Steve. The fact that Natasha was with Steve the whole time during freaking them being on the run. Um, you know, all the looks they gave each other in Winter Soldier. Oh, oh. Up while they were running around together. 100%. One hundred. Uh, Juwan actually agreed with me. He said that. So remember in Infinity War, right? When <laughs> when freaking Bruce is, you know, cu- Bruce comes to Steve and everything, right? And Steve comes in, and Natasha's there, and Natasha's like Bruce, and Bruce is like Nat, and I think like Sam goes, "This is awkward." And Juwan has a theory that the reason why he says this is awkward is because 
Natasha is reunited with Bruce, and Sam knows for a fact that Steve and Natasha have been hooking up for two years. So oh, he's he like, oh, this sucker. <laughs> he knows. He was like, like Natasha's dead. I'm going back. I'm going back in the past. I ain't gonna die. <laughs> He was like, he was like, you know, Natasha and I could have had the little farm too, but she had to oh, die. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're all sad. Infinity War and Endgame just broke all of us. I agree. <laughs> but um, Brittany, what's your number six? I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go back with the flashback of when uh Scarlet Witch brought her back to the like growing up or like I try mm. to remember which was that the scene that showed the full flashback of her being trained and being like wheeled off to have her uterus taken out? Was that the same scene? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go with that scene because I think that was her first like true look at Natasha of, like, what she's been through, and, you know, it's, like, I thought that was a lot better way to, like, to show her trauma without showing it, and, like, you know, being forced to kill someone at such a young age and really knowing, like, you know, for anything she's done, for her to have come this far from how she was basically brainwashed and raised her entire life, you know, how would anybody change your mind if that's exactly you, how you've been raised forever? Yeah, 100%. Sorry, I thought you were still going. No, no, I'm good. I was just saying, like, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was very telling, and I know it was kind of short. It's kind of a short scene, but I felt like there was so much jam-packed into that scene. I agree. Um, You know, I... As much as I didn't say like Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron gave us a lot, right? First of all, yeah. it gave us the it gave us a Scarlet Witch, um, and it also opened up a lot. Like people say that what happened in Infinity War was teased all the way back from Age of Ultron, because if you remember, Tony literally has a image of all the Avengers dead. And Steve Rogers going, you could have saved us, Tony. And it's like, look what happened in Infinity War and Endgame, right? So yeah. then you have, so then you have, freaking Scarlet Witch opening up um, Natasha's past, and we're literally going to see that in the Black Widow movie. So um, that was really traumatizing. Like I think we knew. That Natasha was trained, obviously, right? She was a very trained KGB agent before she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. But to see that she's literally been doing this since, like, a child, that one scene where she's forced to shoot the person in the head, I was like, oh, my God, that, like, flashed really quickly. Didn't it show that that was, like, her, uh, like, the last thing she had to do for her initiation, basically? Yeah. Yeah, that was the last thing before her quote-unquote graduation ceremony. Uh, the graduation was, is such a creepy term for it. It reminds me of, I know you never watched the show The Witcher, but yeah. it's very similar. 
it's very similar in The Witcher. It's like their graduation ceremony and the female witches get their uteruses taken out as well. Um, so very, you know, very, very traumatizing. But, um, yeah, that scene was very important to show um, Natasha's background, to show that she didn't have, say, a traditional upbringing, um, which, you know, explains a lot of why she is the way she is. Um, and also explains um, what you call it. Remember in Age of Ultron where they're all trying to lift the hammer and she says that she's not even going to try because she's like, I, you know, I'm way too fucked up. I've done way too many bad things to even be worthy of budget. I, I would like to see her try though. It would have been impressive if she actually could have because that is like that sort of self awareness is you know maybe what it takes <laughs> right well i think it's like showing that you can change that there's you know and i think that was a good thing for thor he lost being worth it you know and he gained back the right to wield mjolnir the the best is I, i'm sorry i know like this is a black widow like black widow moments in the mcu but i just think about all the amazing mcu moments and thinking back on like cap wielding Mjolnir and thor literally shouting i knew it <laughs> he was so excited about it because he knew you know and he didn't call it out he didn't call it out he was just like mm. Okay, but he did not want uh, Cap to best him in that, though. Not in that scene, no. In that scene in Agent Ultron where they're all sitting around and Thor's being really arrogant and cocky, saying no one else can lift it but him. So when he sees that Steve can budget a little, and you even now looking back see Steve, like he budges a little and then he lets go immediately. He's like, ah, oh, I guess, you know, can't do it, but it's like... Does Steve know that he could, like, fully lift that up? But he was like, you know what? I'm not going to embarrass Thor right now. <laughs> trying to be humble, like, oh, you know, I'm going to take it away from him. Because but I think that goes to show how good a guy he is. He's like, I'm going to, like, I, and also a good to have a good leader. You know what I mean? Like, someone that's not, like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, you did 100 push-ups, but did you know I've done 200? And they got down and did You'd be like, well, that kills my morale. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest blow to Thor's um, ego was in that same movie when Vision just easily picked it up, and he's like, okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, did you know that in that scene when he comes alive that he was supposed to have, like, have a penis. I know like, I know. it's like a really weird way of saying it. That vision was supposed to come out fully like nude and like they you would have, They would what? never have done that in a Disney film. No, no, I'm saying like he was supposed to be like where we wouldn't see it, but the other actors would see it. Like they wanted a prosthetic one on him, but the director was so disturbed once he, like he, they, you can look up the, the interview that they, the director, I don't, I can't remember which director was the one of that film, uh, but that was very insistent that Vision have a prosthetic penis on, like, for the effect. But the moment he saw him like that, like, he was so insistent, the moment he saw it, he was like, take it away. You know, it's still, he has a penis. Like, they're like, that's canon, but, 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 
well, take that thing off. I mean, it definitely is canon, because if you watch WandaVision, and Vision definitely get down with each other, so it's definitely canon. <laughs> oh my god, and that, you've got to see that interview, because it's so funny, him just like trying to describe the story of what happened, because uh, we had a big conversation in the office of whether or not we thought, um, you know, that he possessed one, and apparently uh, a lot of people have asked that question, because it was all over the internet when I looked it up. I mean... Yeah, I feel as if uh, that, too, again, like, was very uh, uneasy territory, probably, for Disney. They weren't ever going to go in the direction of, you remember in Watchmen, the blue guy, Dr. Manhattan? Oh, my God. I watched that as a child, by the way. I was not expecting to. (laughs) I was not. I could not remember that. Thank you for unearthing those memories for me, Tia. Thanks a lot. Well, because I just remember watching it, and I was like, was this necessary? Like, <laughs> just to see this, like, for three hours? Like, you know, I'm no prude, but it kind of takes, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, like, it's kind of why? Weird. And they were like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? I bet you people are listening to this, like, Jesus, he is such a prude. And I'm like, I'm just saying, it's also really impractical. You're fighting, like, the dangers and you're not going to put on some clothes i don't know just it sounds like it's <laughs> I guess uh, like creature but still still that reminds me of um did you ever watch the full season of altered carbon like the first season i didn't get to watch all of it and i feel like i'd only watch season one for obvious reasons yeah season two really wasn't good but At the end, towards the end of season one, it wasn't the last episode, but maybe like the third to last episode. Um, Remember the actress who plays the sister, right? Zakashi's sister? Yeah. There's a scene where it's her and like a bunch of clones of her fighting against Ortega, but the clones are all naked, like fully nude. And they interviewed the actress who literally shot that scene like fully fucking nude and i'm like i just can't imagine having to do that (laughs) i mean listen the actress said that she felt really empowered and everything and i'm like more power to you you know whatever do what you do but i know me i'd be like i'm cold (laughs) these girls can cut just like you know you think back and you're like how would that scene have been any different if she was like wearing a bra and underwear you know what i'm saying you know that just makes me think of uh you know how like people always joke about what character was your sexual awakening somebody watched that and was like this someone watched watched that and saw her and again she's a very attractive actress and she kicked ass in that scene she kicked ass in the entire season but someone definitely watched that and was like i know what i like now (laughs) i know what i like now i uh, i like strong women there you go you know what 
then I ain't mad at it. But I wasn't mad ever, to be honest. I'm just saying. Uh, my whole point in being is that I feel like as an actor, actress, like, I would be very uncomfortable. There's a reason why, like, um, Amelia Clark, right, the girl who played Daenerys, has said that, like, now after Game of Thrones, she refuses to do topless scenes in movies and TV shows. Because of, like, what she, like, because of doing the show? Yeah, because of Game of Thrones, when they, like, especially in the first two seasons, they're like, and you're topless. And it's like, I I have to, like, imagine what that conversation must have been like. She's reading the script. She's like, this is great, this scene. And why are my tits out now? And it's like, yeah. for the story. It's like, but but why? There, there's no what? acknowledgement of it. There. It's not like a sex scene or anything. And it's like, well boobs obviously <laughs> obviously oh, that is you know, funny you know what? that makes sense though um I'm just saying like I, I'm just bringing it up because you brought up the whole vision thing and I'm just then it just started spiraling but anyway <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about that I always say this is um you know Paul Bettany plays vision but obviously before that he voiced Jarvis and there's an interview where, like, after he becomes Vision, they say, oh, you know, now you're Vision. You know, you're not Jarvis anymore. Now you're fighting crime alongside them. And they're like, how is that? And, you know, Paul Bettany, obviously joking, but, you know, like uh, that dry sort of humor. He goes, oh, I hate it. He's like, beforehand, you know, I went in for an afternoon, did all my lines, and got paid, and that's it. He's like, now i got to sit in the makeup chair for hours. i got to, you know, memorize lines. It's a lot of work. So, oh, my God, I bet. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anyway, you're number six, Natasha's training. Love it. Um, and I'm sure that we will see – plenty more of that in the black widow movie but um i'm gonna go at number five and my scene is from infinity war and it's um i don't know if this is going to trigger anything for you but when she says uh she's not alone and it's in reference to um elizabeth olsen's character as wanda about to get like defeated by that one member of the black order right in Wakanda where she's like you're gonna die alone or something and Natasha's like she's not alone and it's her Okoye fighting against yes. so it's like the three <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love that I know dude that scene felt very powerful and there's not been like a lot of times in movies where I'm just like you know it's because I'm pretty quiet about my feelings and stuff but that felt like such like a woman moment that I was like uh, okay, I'm I'm here for all of this. Thank you. Thank you for this. It felt so good. I just, like, I love that line so much. Like, she's not alone. And she says it, like, so calmly, and you, like, turn around, and there's, like, you know, two of, like, probably the most badass women in all of, like, the MCU, Black Widow and Okoye, just, like, teaming up with Wanda. I was just like, this is amazing. This is everything. I love this scene. <laughs> I love Akoya. I thought she was amazing. We need to have, like, really good moments from, like, all the women of the Marvel films. Like, uh, yeah. I thought she had, though, but I we could do another list. We could do another list. We probably haven't done something like that in a year or more. We can definitely vamp it up and upgrade. 
there's been more. Um, which, oh my god, now that reminds me of, right, a really great scene that Okoye did was in Black Panther when, um, I forget, like, you know, the character's name, but Daniel Kalua, who plays, like, her lover, he, he says something along the lines of, because remember, remember in Black Panther, like, Okoye's love um, was on the side of Killmonger, and then during that, like, final battle, um, the love, right, is facing off against Okoye, and he's like, you would, you know, go against me, my love, and she's like, for Wakanda, of course, and like, you know, has her spear pointed at him, and I'm just like, yeah, mother effer, like, yeah. do you not just? <laughs> she, she literally gave you her answer. She literally said, yeah, for Wakanda, I'll do anything. But anyway, um, I just love that scene. Like, the three of them are just such powerful women. Um, And I love how, like, to me, I always felt that um, Black Widow, like, really supported her other fellow women, if that makes sense. It's like she was, for all of us, the first in the Avengers, right? But it's like there's this sense, to me at least, at least in that scene, I felt like there was like this sense of camaraderie amongst like the women in the Avengers. I loved it. I thought it was a great scene. I did too. I also was like, um, there's something I was going to add to that. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense too, the way Natasha was raised too, you know, being only with women in the Red Room because it was all women, wasn't it? Yeah, that was um, their thing, you know, train train the Black Widows, the deadliest spiders, you know. Um, So, yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. She's always been surrounded by fellow women, so it's like, of course, she would, you know, not feel threatened or anything, but in fact feel probably more powerful um, standing amongst uh, her fellow strong, badass women. Man, now I want to rewatch, and now I'm really sad she's dead again. Thanks, Tia. <laughs> the whole thing is sad that she's dead. It's like, why did you have to kill off Natasha? You know, I, I don't understand it. It's like, I get you wanted to probably bring in Yelena, and I'm excited for Yelena. Yeah. I'm really excited for her. But you didn't have to kill Natasha in the process. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're going to throw it all away. And you're like, no, 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 you don't. You don't have to throw the whole thing away. They're like, no, no, no. It can only be one Black Widow. So it's like, if you want, like, Yelena's Black Widow, you're going to have to get rid of Natasha's Black Widow. And I feel like the little girl in the taco commercials where it's like, why not both? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Have you, um, the actress who's playing Yelena, have you seen her in much? The actress Florence I never know how to pronounce her last name, and I feel like it's weird to be like Poo, Pew, Puh. I don't know how to pronounce it. Let me see. Uh, let me see. Florence. I'm looking it up right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen her in something, but let me let me look at her. Um, so- man, bring up their. Uh, Filmography, like, right off... Wait, there it went. I have not. A lot of these movies are ones that are really popular, but ones I have not seen. So she is, like, 
a good um i i don't want to necessarily call her like up and coming actress because she's been in a lot at this point a lot of like well-known things but she's still young right um but i I think she's a really good actress so i'm really excited to see her in black widow and i am excited that she won't be a one-off character um she was in this movie midsummer that was like a horror film and that movie fucking terrified me (laughs) because it's like Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, I haven't seen it, but I I read the summary on it. That shit's intense. It is intense, so I'm like, all right, so if she can act in that, you know, she's definitely going to do a good job. And as you said, I love the scene in the trailer for the Black Widow movie where she's, like, telling Natasha that it wasn't pretend for her. And I'm like, she's probably, it's, like, probably one of those things where, like, Natasha was her older sister, and she feels so betrayed that Natasha left. And I'm like, uh, 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 it's going to kill me. And you're like, thanks, my heart's dead. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, um, Brittany, what is your number four in our top ten Black Widow moments in the MCU? Let me see here. Um, uh, okay. I'm hoping that it doesn't end up on your list, but it's okay if it does. But I'm going to go ahead and go with a different one because I think this one deserves to be higher. I'm going to go with the uh, with uh, the beginning of Infinity War when, uh, you know, when they're like, it's after Civil War. I think I've got this right. Where Vision and, uh, and Scarlet Witch, have, uh, you know, they've been kind of like rendezvousing together, you know. Like having a, you know, a good old time together, but they get attacked by those other people, you know, Thanos' people, mm-hmm. and they get saved. And I don't know why, but I love when Black Widow's, like, getting on to her. Like, you know, like, almost like the motherly type again. <laughs> Talking about her taking care of women. When she, I love it when she's just um, basically getting on to Scarlet, which, like, I told you, you know, stay in touch. And like I just like like very much like getting onto a child. Do I have that scene right? Because I'm pretty sure that's like almost exactly the way it went. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's like Wanda and Vision are you know doing their meetup point so that they could have you know you know they can do it. Um, They were definitely thinking. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, so, you know, they're they're out in public and they're getting worried because they're hearing all this crazy shit. And then they get attacked by the Black Order, you know, Thanos' people. Um, and then Natasha swoops in and she's like, you said we'd be, you know, we have a rule. Stay in touch. And Wanda's like, I just wanted to stay in bed. Like, I wanted to stay in bed with my boo. It's <laughs> true, though. I just I don't know why I like I just love that little scene because for me it's like you know Big Mama Scarlet Witch you know not Scarlet sorry Black Widow coming in to save her little babies because they want to go around and fuck you know <laughs> Natasha's like we don't have time for this we're on the run and Wanda's like I don't know there's always time for this <laughs> <laughs> we'll make time. <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, WandaVision feel like just feels like that scene. Like Wanda's like, you know what? I wanted more time in bed, so I'm gonna make more time in oh bed. So she made an entire like entire uh, freaking world of it. I love it. Um, but yeah, I do love that scene. Just I, I love that whole scene where Natasha comes in with Sam and Cap and everything and um because you know, Wanda was on Team Cap, but Vision was on, you know, Team Iron Man. So like but they're lovers, so what happens, you know, now in this world where Steve's people have to be on the run because remember they were on the run for two years and admittedly Wanda was probably also on the run with them which is why Natasha says like you were supposed to stay in touch but clearly they have an agreement with Tony that it's like okay well every once in a while like Wanda and Vision can get together but that still doesn't mean you can't stay in touch like as you said Natasha is definitely the mom in that. Yeah, like, uh, she, I don't know, I, I feel like if, uh, if she adopted, she would have been, like, the fiercest, like, mama bear, like, oh, what's your mom gonna do with that? Well, she's killed more men than probably you've seen in your life, so, (laughs) so. (laughs) My favorite, uh, you know, like, uh, what you, how to word this, you know Natasha, probably at some point wanted to be a mom because remember in age of ultron uh clint you know his wife was pregnant and natasha was hoping that it was a girl and when the wife is like oh it's a boy natasha gets so mad and she like looks at the woman's stomach and she goes traitor That was such a cute scene. But they still named it after her. Oh, yeah, they named it Nathaniel. And, yeah, it it was, like, Nathaniel Pietro Barton. And I love how she was, like, looking at the picture, and she's smiling, and she's, like, fat. (laughs) (laughs) I love little chubby babies, by the way. I just want to pinch their cheeks. Oh my god, but yeah, so um, Natasha definitely was like a mama bear to Wanda, reminding her like that she had a curfew, and Wanda clearly didn't pay attention to the curfew for a boy, so typical Wanda, she's going through her, her teenage rebellion years apparently. In her early 20s. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> however old Wanda is. She was still going through, like, the rebellion. She was like, listen, when I was, like, a teenager, I was fighting revolutions in my country. So now that I have no country anymore because someone, you know, landed a meteor on it practically, you know, now I'm doing this. (laughs) Ultra was crazy, but, like, Ultra was very, like, very creepy with them, by the way. Can we talk about that? I always thought that the way he talked to him, especially the way he talked to uh, Wanda, where he's like, you will destroy them. And I'm like, why is this robot being really creepy to these two people? I don't like this. <laughs> you know what I think it is? It's though, it's because he was created from the Mind Stone too, right? Like from the energy of it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe they used, yeah, they used some of the staff to help create him. 
what I was trying to think is, wouldn't it be, you know, if Vision has a connection with Wanda because of that stone, would it not be fair to say that Ultron probably felt very, you know, possessive of those two for the same reason? It definitely could be explained that way. Um, because I don't Wanda think of her any other... Robot, man. God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, man. Pietro is rolling in his grave. Like, dear sister, please please stop banging that robo dick. What was I going to say? Holy shit. Yeah, no, I, I always thought that Ultron was a bit creepy with them. Um, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad that the two of them quickly kind of went on the Avengers side. Did you feel that? Like, they weren't villains for very long in that movie. Oh, not at all. And I didn't know what to think of them at first. I was like, God. I was like, they gotta throw in these angsty young people. And I'm like, oh, okay, same. You know, like, at first, I thought they were gonna be a one-off. Like, I knew that they were, like, important characters, you know, being Magneto's children in, like, the comics, but I was kind of like, eh. And definitely, like, I really warmed up to both of them by the end of the movie. Yeah, and I want to say that, like, Wanda is one of my favorite characters. Like, I certainly think she's the most powerful Avenger. Like, and I was thinking that even in Endgame, right? And then after watching WandaVision, I'm like, yo, you literally don't, like, make an entire illusion town that sustains itself without you even really concentrating or lifting a finger without being like the most powerful freaking being on planet earth or even the universe. Right. I mean, she's pretty insane. <laughs> like, like I fear her. Could you imagine like, yeah, um, her children would never have anything to worry about. Well, they did kind of in the show. <laughs> she had children hear- in the show. I don't want to hear anything from you. Um, my favorite scene of still of wanda's is in endgame where where she's like you took everything from me i don't even know who you are you will and she just and she just proceeds to like almost kill him it's like wanda strongest avenger um but yeah I love Thanos was, oh, sorry, I was going to say, do you know, almost like Thanos was like, 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 I'm trying to think, like, almost like really annoyed slash just confused, because he's been, he was kind of weird with Wanda too, because like, when he didn't kill her, because he was like, after, you know, he killed Vision, he's like, I know pain too, you know, and he like touches her hair, I'm like, what is up with all this milk? characters being weird with her that is very true yeah very like this weird thing like where they almost are like oh look she's so fragile i have to like tiptoe around her and i'm like do you know who she is do you know who wanda is (laughs) fucking scarlet witch it's canon in the mcu now they called her it in wandavision She's the fucking Scarlet Witch. She got the crown and the outfit and everything. She's Scarlet Mother Witch. Scarlet. Did she not get her name until later on? She, 
WandaVision is the first time that they called her Scarlet Witch because of the weirdness. So, you know, all right, really quick background, right? Like Wanda and Pietro in the comics are mutants, right? They're Magneto's kids. But in the MCU, because it's owned by Disney and originally mutants were owned by Fox, Disney was allowed to use Wanda and Pietro, but they weren't allowed to say that they were mutants and they weren't allowed to call them by their, like, superhero names. So now that Disney owns Fox and has won back the rights, now they can call them these things. So now it's like, now she's the Scarlet Witch. You know, almost holding off on it was pretty good, though, because it made it just, you know, that much you know more powerful. It made it earned, especially in, like, the context of the show where it's like she didn't even know, like, what a Scarlet Witch was. And then when it's explained, like, it's this natural, like, all-powerful witch that doesn't need to, you know, do spells. She doesn't need to, you know, do incantations. It's like all of that, like, witch power is in her, and she can manipulate it herself. It's like, that's a Scarlet Witch, and they're so rare. They only come, like, once every thousand years or something, and, like, you are a Scarlet Witch. Like, to me, I was, like, it actually worked out better. Hmm? You're a wizard, Harry. I'm sorry. Wait, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, right, there's a scene where Sam and Bucky are arguing, and Sam says something like, um, you know, whenever we're getting attacked, it's always one out of three. Aliens, robots, or wizards. And Bucky's like, there are no wizards. And Sam's like, Doctor Strange. And Bucky's like, he's not a wizard, he's a sorcerer. And Sam's like, same thing, just no wand. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! I can't believe they argued about it. They had to argue about, like, is Doctor Strange a wizard? I feel like he would be so done hearing that. He'd be like, I am the Sorcerer Supreme. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. The fucking Sorcerer Supreme shit. He would be like, oh, no, that's just too funny. That's another thing. And I know I keep telling, like, about WandaVision, but, like, in WandaVision, when Wanda's being explained that she's the Scarlet Witch, Like, the character Agatha says, you know, the Scarlet Witch is even more powerful than than the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, saying it's canon that Wanda is more powerful than Doctor Strange. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. when he finds out. I believe in Wanda's supremacy. (laughs) Oh, my God, Oh, you fangirl. I... I am shamelessly too, but um, yes, I love your number four, Wanda parenting. I uh, not Wanda, sorry, Natasha parenting Wanda. Perfect. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with three. I just really like these scenes with um Natasha where she's like working alongside someone. Um, again, I feel like all these are small scenes, but to me, these small scenes like stand out. Um. <laughs> And personality. Right. So it's going to be Natasha and Sharon fighting Bucky in Civil War. Because I love it so much. I love it. First of all, I love Sharon Carter as well. 
Um, and I love Natasha's fighting style. Natasha is a very unique fighting style. Um, and so to see, like, these two trained S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, because we see that Sharon can also hold her own, and the two of them going, like, to- you have to think about it, right? Like, Natasha does not have any powers, right? In the comics, it is canon that she had, like, a little bit of super soldier serum in her, but that was never explained in the movie. As far as we know, that's not a thing, right? So it's yeah. like, you ID. So you realistically just have someone who's just a really well-trained assassin going up against someone like Bucky who has super soldier serum in him, has a literal metal, literal metal arm, um, you know, and is brainwashed essentially to be this like cold hearted soulless killer. And for her to like, you know, yeah, she had Sharon. So you could say, Oh, well it was two on one, but in the you know, it's not like they both went at him at the same time. It's like they took turns. And it's like Natasha was kind of going toe-to-toe. Like, yes, he was getting the upper hand because of what he is, but I still felt as if any normal person wouldn't have even been able to get, like, as far as she did. That's true. Well, you know, I, I love the interaction, too, where she's like, you could at least remember me. Yes. I always say... Um, others say, like, remember in the Winter Soldier movie, she explains to Steve that she's, um, encountered the Winter Soldier before, and he shot through her and everything. Like, a lot of people will say, well, that's what she's referring to. Yeah, remember she says that she can't wear a bikini anymore, and Steve was, like, being all pissy, going, well, I bet you look terrible anyway, because he was all mad at her. (laughs) Why would he be mad at her again? Well, he was mad because this is when, you know, Natasha was, like, holding secrets. He's finding out about the whole Winter Soldier thing. He's finding out that, like, you know, all these lies that, like, Nick Fury was holding from him. So, And, you know, Natasha was part of it because... Such a grumpy like, butt. He's such, so grumpy. But um, I feel like her saying that to Bucky was... Um, an Easter egg because in the comics it is canon that um, Bucky like trained Natasha and that they had a brief like love affair with each other so I'm like I'm not saying that that's canon in the MCU but I feel like as if that was an Easter egg in my opinion no I love that though I think that was definitely telling for Peggy that Peggy was was Sharon. Sharon. Sorry, I wanted to call her Peggy. I know it's awful. Um, But, you know, I thought that was telling because at first I was kind of like, God, you know, she's just, you know, uh, like poor pitiful, you know, really like, oh, not really physically capable, but just the love interest and big, strong, you know, Captain America's got to take care of her. So it was good. I was like, dang, she's going to make them catch her hands. I love Sharon Carter. First of all, I love that actress. Uh, you know, I love the show Revenge, um, and she was the main character in that show, and I think that she just, like, what she was able to do in that show is amazing. So it's like, her in the MCU, I'm like, let her act. Like, she can act. Just give her the room to do it. Um, and she was in the third episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we saw like so it's really funny right you remember how she pretty much like 
risked her entire career for Captain America by getting him his shield back, right? No. Uh, and so she had to go on the run, too. Like, she didn't go back to her job. She had to go on the run, just like everyone else. But she's, like, still on the run. Like, the government still hasn't pardoned her, even though they pardoned Bucky. So at this point... in. At this point in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, she's, like, living in this, like, lawless town of Madripoor, being essentially, like, an art dealer and everything. And they're like, whoa, like, what happened to you? And she's like, I've had to survive this whole entire time. Like, you guys are all here, there, and being pardoned and shit. Like, I'm still not allowed to enter the country. That's kind of shitty. You I know. Like- Considering she's, like, the niece of Peggy Carter, the actual, like, you know, founder of S.H.I.E.L.D., you would think she would get, like, more respect. You would think with the bullshit they were doing, they'd be like, oh, pretend to date this new guy and we'll pardon you because of the bullshit they keep pulling with the fucking fake dude. Oh, my God, John Walker. (laughs) Oh, my God. Every time... In the show that he either calls himself Captain America or he calls Bucky Bucky, I want to like punch him. I'm like, you're na- you're not Captain America, and why are you calling him Bucky? He ain't your friend. <laughs> he ain't your friend. Uh, what's his? What 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 is he called? The White Wolf, I think. <laughs> oh my god, that to me I thought was the best line. They're like doing this stealth mission and freaking Sam goes um he's like oh what you spent a little time in Wakanda and now you think you're the White Panther and Bucky straight face without skipping a beat goes I'm the White Wolf and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) internalize their names by the way what'd you say don't you feel like they really internalize their names like, they're superhero names? Yeah, they're very, like, I am this person. It's like, okay, calm down. I got it. You're, uh, you're what you say you are, buddy. There's, I know I keep, like, you know, I know it's going to take you forever to watch these shows, so you'll, like, forget most of the things that I'm saying right now. But there's this scene in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, right, where the new, the fake Captain America, as we're calling him, right? Yeah. So you have fake Captain so you have fake Captain America in a car with Bucky and Sam and with um fake Captain America is like his partner, right? So they're in this van and it's like, Okay, what's your name then to like the partner? He's like, I'm Battlestar and Bucky's like Bucky's like, I'm sorry, what? Battlestar? He's like, Stop the car stop the car right now and they're like what like i'm getting stop the car and like they literally stop and he literally gets out he's like battle star and he just like keeps walking away because it's like i guess i'm following him then (laughs) that makes me want to know by the way if he knows like pop culture references better than you know um than steve did i mean you have to like Think about, because, like, yeah, Steve was on ice, right, for 75 years, and Bucky was brought back, like, throughout the years to 
but he was only brought back for like assassination. So it's like, would he have had time to like know these things unless they're like, you need to know these things? I don't freaking know. I don't know. Maybe. I'm a little curious now too. I, I am a little curious about that. But um, what you gonna call it? Yeah. So my number three is Natasha and Sharon fighting against Bucky. Um, it was what I wanted. I like again love Natasha's fighting style. Like, remember when she was fighting against Crossbones in Civil War? She just like jumped and like a spider monkey just wrapped her freaking legs around his neck. And freaking took him down. Like, I love that shit. I just thought she's so fierce. Or was so fierce. No, don't say it like that. <laughs> I'm now depressed. Thanks, Tia. You're a real no. bummer. You know that? Um, you said it. You said it. <laughs> well, you made my brain think it. So you're the bad guy. That's how it works, right? No. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> what is your number two? Oh, well, what's the number two for the list? Your technical number one. Uh, I am going to go with uh, the chair scene where she tied up with, uh, like mobs or whatever for information. And she already had planned out and she gets the call and they're like, did you not check her for a phone? Like, they're, like, looking a little confused, and they, she's like, oh, it's for you, you know? And when they pick it up, they're like, oh, sorry, that's when they go, it's for you, and I like, put it up to her ear or something, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. I don't know. I just felt like that was the epitome of, like, her sass and how, like, unbothered she was with the situations that she was put in. But uh, the one thing is, I don't remember what episode, I mean, what um, what movie that was from. So that's in the first Avengers. Um, and she's in the chair, and these Russian guys are, like, interrogating her, and they say, they slap her, right? And they say something along the lines of, like, you think your pretty face or something will save you? Something along, right? And she yeah. just kind of, like, raises her eyebrow and goes, you think I'm pretty? And it's like just, um, and then they when she gets the call, it's Phil Coulson, and she's like, "Yeah, what do you want?" She was like, "I'm working here. I got these guys eating out of the palm of my hands." Like, like she, as you just said, she's so unbothered by it that she's like, she's in a chair with her hands tied behind her back, her feet tied to the like legs of the chair, but she's like, "I have the upper hand here, obviously." That's, like, one thing is, like, she she kind of gives me chills with that shit. With the, you think I'm pretty? Like, oh, no. Like, she's going to literally eat you. She is the black motherfucking widow. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then when she finally breaks out of that chair and she just defeats everyone, she just, like, takes her shoes and, like, just walks casually like okay. of course she went for Bruce Banner, right? I think that's the scene where Phil like tells her that he needs her to go and get Bruce Banner. Oh yes. I know it's like such a small scene, but I just thought it was so well orchestrated because she's just so sassy. Like she has so much freaking attitude for days. It is such a great scene. It's 
first of all, so telling, so iconic. Um, it's her introduction in the Avengers movie. And just, again, just goes to show you how, like, in control Natasha is of probably most of the situations that she's in. I just like the way she works men. I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Well, like what what she did with Tony, she had him eating out of the palm of her hand in Iron Man Two. Out of the palm of her hand, he could he was with Pepper and he couldn't help drooling over her. <laughs> Black Widow's like the epitome of like I could have your name, but I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Or like when uh, in Iron Man 2 when Happy is like, here, I'll give you some boxing lessons. And she's like, put you on the ground. <laughs> she like whooped his ass. Like, but I thought, I was like, is that not out of character? But I'm like, wouldn't that give you a cover away? I think in her like resume, she said that she was like, uh, like a black belt in jujitsu or something like that. Oh, shit. She fucked him up, though. I just, as you said, I like, I know it sounds bad, like, her ability, I think it's less maybe her ability to, like, manipulate guys, but more of, like, taking advantage of the fact that they underestimate her. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's probably why, you know, the Black Widow program was even a thing, because who would suspect these, like, very attractive women that could, like, eat you? I Yeah, you see that, I think, in a lot of, like, assassin movies, where you have this girl as, say, the lead, because they say, like, you know, you wouldn't expect her. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson, right, isn't a tall woman. I think she's, like, 5'3", at best, right? She's not, like, a tall woman. She's not very, like, say, physically imposing or anything. So the fact that you have this, like, smaller woman as such a skilled and deadly assassin is, like, exactly what the Black Widow program wanted. Man. Now I want to rewatch it. I want the movie to come out already. What is it, June or July for it? I forgot now. You're going to have to look it up. I completely forgot because it got a new date, but, you know, then it's also going to be on Disney Plus. So I don't understand why it moved a date if it's going to be on Disney Plus, but whatever. Disney works in mysterious ways, you know. Let me see. Black Widow. It comes out. Uh, July 9th. Okay. Oh, that's so far away. (laughs) I can't wait for it. I'm going to binge the fuck out of that. Like, not binge because it's a movie. Sorry. Now I'm so used to the TV shows, but I'm going to watch the fuck out. I wish it... I wish it came out like now. Um, you know, we didn't have any Marvel stuff, right, in 2020. But now in 2021, with having WandaVision, now having the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, getting the trailer for the Loki show, I'm like, yes, we're getting more Marvel content. And you're getting all these TV shows, and you're sitting there going, why am I waiting for the fucking movies? <laughs> like, I don't want to wait anymore. We're We're fully in to the the new Marvel stories 
I don't want to wait so long to see where they're going now. I think that's, like, my thing is, like, you do get kind of spoiled for it because you kind of get so much time with each character. Having to wait for the other just sucks. It does suck because we're going to get Black Widow, right? And as I said, like, it's not just Black Widow I'm excited for. I'm excited for all of the movies to come out. But we needed Black Widow to come out before we get The Eternal, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2, Spider-Man 3. Like, so curious with Spider-Man 3 to see if the rumor is true that Charlie Cox is in it as as Matt Murdock. Because that's the rumor that's been floating around. But there's been no set photos. You know, it's not, say, 100% confirmed. So I'm like, is that true? Is that not true? I need the fucking movie to come out so I can see if it's true or not. I know. I know, because that would really spell, like, the beginning of the best. Do you know what I mean? Like, all of them coming back. I know. I would come back for the publisher. I mean... In every interview that he's in and that he's asked about it, he says yes. Um, He says that Frank Castle is still a character that's with him. So I'm like, you know, I I hope Marvel's having conversations with him on low, right? Like, we don't know about it, but they're having conversations. I'm like, as long as they're having conversations... I'm good. (laughs) Brittany, can you imagine that? Can you, like, I feel as if John Bernthal's Punisher would be best, like, showing up in the upcoming Blade movie. But can you imagine that? Like, can you imagine that happening? Him just (laughs) in it? I'd be like, uh, Team, you would probably (laughs) die. I don't need that to happen because I would no longer have a friend or a host. I I want it to happen where we don't know about it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't need them to tell me that John Bernthal's in it. Like, I want to be there, and I want to watch it. Like, um, this is a really weird comparison, right? But, but Lawnor SVU, um, Elliot Stabler just came back after 10 years of not being on the show, right? Um, but, you know, we knew about it. We knew the event was happening. And the beginning, like, scene where they reunite, it was literally put out by the official Twitter page as, like, the trailer. To me, I think it would have been, like, a lot more impactful if we didn't know anything about the episode starts off, Benson is, you know, like, the whole thing starts with her seeing a car crash and, like, getting out to investigate, right? And, like, how good would it be? If the episode started, we didn't know what was going on, and she's, like, looking, all of a sudden you hear Olivia, and she turns around, she's like, Elliot? And it's like, oh, my God, Christopher Maloney's back! <laughs> I like it would be, like, the shock I had when I saw, like, in the height of, like, how Cecilis was Transformers and going to the movie theater and getting the fucking trailer. Because keep in mind, I didn't have a computer at this time. Uh, because I know it's so funny. I didn't have internet or TV, like, not TV, internet or a computer. Like, I kind of had, like, my phone, but that was for texting and calling, right? And being at the theater when the Transformers trailer came on, when it was the big moon and, like, where they're, like, you know, see something else on the moon, I remember I was just, like, beside myself, like, wanting to, like, pass out. Like, I didn't even care about the movie I was going to watch after that because I couldn't wait to, like, write a fan fiction story. You know what I mean? Like, where you're, like, instantly inspired. 
Well, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what of mine that happened like that where I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm sure it's happened before where I was like, huh? Dylan Daenerys do that to you? When like they the killed shot? Daenerys? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that was crazy. But I'm saying, like, something that I was, like, so excited for that, like, they kept it under wraps where you're like, oh, my God, wait, what? You know, like, oh, oh God, I'm trying to think. And maybe it was in, like, a Marvel show. Anyway, um, yeah, my whole point in being is sometimes it's good to, like, hold things to your chest, right? So I'm saying, like, if they brought John Bernthal back as the Punisher, I almost don't want to know about it until it happens. Like, I want to be in the movie watching, like, whatever movie it is, and all of a sudden he walks in, and I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> I think it's so hard now, because we're like, so-and-so was seen on this, uh, the set of, and it's like, can you leave the fuck alone? So I can, like, be surprised. It's like, um, you know, again, me being someone who didn't read the comics, right? I, don't, I didn't know who really a lot of these characters were, so I was seeing things for the first time. But if you're a comic book reader, like, you know who, say, Nick Fury is. So, you know, at the end of Iron Man 1, when Nick Fury comes and he's like, I'd like to talk to you about the Avengers initiative, if you're a fucking comic book reader, you were freaking the fuck out when that happened. Right. So it's like and I had heard that they literally covered Samuel Jackson up when transporting him to the frickin set so that reporters couldn't take pictures. And I'm like, you need to do something like that, like a level of that happening. Right. Because, I mean, the Punisher series was the only one I truly, truly cared about. Like, I love the Daredevil and stuff, but I wanted the Punisher. Remember I when we beat you finishing a season of something? Like a series of something? It's the only time it ever happened. <laughs> what did I do? I think I like woke up early like the moment I, it dropped. I, watch, like, I, I had to go to work. That was the thing. I had to go to work. So I ended up watching like two episodes before I went to work and I had to go to work, but you didn't go to work that day. So you literally just like woke up early and watched all 13 episodes in like one day. So it's like, I, you know, of course was, uh, behind, but now it's always the opposite. I I was impressed with myself for finishing 13. What were they like? Were they 30 minutes or an hour long each? They were like a solid 45 to 50 minutes, so I'm very impressed. Dude, I, you want to know what else helped to, like, watch them all? What? I, I, and I showered. I put it up so I could watch it in the shower when I was showering. <laughs> <laughs> I think we also had a bet going on, and so it was like, who's going to finish it first? And I think your competitive nature came in, because you definitely... <laughs> You definitely didn't finish the second season, so... I'm not competitive. I... I've never been competitive. So competitive. Oh, before I go further, the best was um, you and I saw Civil War at the same time, just not in the same theater. Like, I remember oh, we yeah, went yeah, to go... Yeah, yeah, at the same time, same time, didn't we? Like, like right yeah. on the dot time? Yeah, like... 
so for those who are listening, I live in New York. Brittany lives in Arkansas, right? And we both were like, hey, I'm seeing Civil War tonight. I'm seeing Civil War tonight. And I would be like, I'm just using a hypothetical time, right? I'm like, I'm seeing it at 8 o'clock. And you're like, I'm seeing it at 7. And, you know, because Arkansas is I don't think we did that at first. I didn't think we pieced it together until we are like, okay, I'll go to the theater. And we're like, wait a second. So when we both come out of the theater, we both, like, text each other like, ah! <laughs> I think I wanted to call it was you like, with someone and I was like, get rid of them so I can talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I think on my way home, I was just like, all right, let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Such a good time. That's such a good time. But um, speaking about good times, we are down to the number one on our top ten best Black Widow moments in the MCU. It has been a great great um episode it's been a great list there are so many amazing moments um i'll go through the you know the first nine before we get down to number one um (laughs) it sounds bad to start it off literally with natasha dying um (laughs) we have natasha dying the budapest mention natasha escaping the hulk natasha kissing steve natasha's training in um training flashback Natasha teaming up with Okoye to help Wanda fight against the Black Order. Natasha parenting Wanda. Natasha and Sharon fighting Bucky. Um, the chair scene in the first Avengers. And my favorite Natasha moment, coincidentally also one of my favorite moments for another MCU character. And that is the scene in the first Avengers when Loki and Natasha are squaring up and Loki says that she has so much red in her ledger, it is dripping. <laughs> oh, you're mewling, Flim. Wasn't that like, really controversial that he called her that? Because he pretty much called her a stupid whore. Like, that's essentially what he called her. Just, is what he called her. Yeah, 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 but like, you know, in fancy talk, in yeah. Shakespeare talk, <laughs> but I love that scene so much. You have Loki, who is probably my favorite character in the MCU, you know, in the case that the Hulk was meant for, you know, on the helicopter, not the helicopter, sorry, whatever those things were, right? The helipad, whatever. You know, and Natasha goes there to talk to him and they're, you know, she's standing there so calm and Loki's trying to assess her and he's like breaking her down. He's saying like, you know, that she has so much red in her ledger and she's, you know, this killer and that she's done all these horrible things and that, you know, he's going to kill Clint, you know, slowly in front of her and everything. And you think that Natasha's getting like, you know, really scared right he's like saying all these things and he thinks she's like you know getting horrified and then suddenly he kind of like fake cry she like turns around yes she turns around like like so and then when it kind of alludes that he's talking about the hulk she like turns around she's like so you're trying to release the hulk that's your end game here okay cool and like walks away and she's like Thank you for your cooperation. And, like, walks away. And I'm like, see about it. He was so good. He's like, 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 come back here. (laughs) He's like, I'm the god of manipulation, not you. (laughs) She's like, I am more bitch. I got a new crowd. (laughs) 
she was like, bitch, I'm, I was in the fucking KGB. I was raised in the fucking Black Widow program in the Red Room. She was like, manipulation is my middle name. I don't even know what my real middle name is anymore. I got like 10 different passports with all fake names on it and shit. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I forget my own name. I forget. I think they allude that Natasha isn't even her real name, because doesn't Steve say that in, like, The Winter Soldier? He's like, you know, what is your real name or something? Or she's like, who do you want me to be or something like that? I forgot now. I think it was like that. That feels familiar. But I love this scene. I love this scene so much with the Red Ledger, because, again, it really tells you who Natasha is, that her whole entire, like, life has been trying to make up for everything that she's done in the past like and the reason why she sacrificed herself in the end because it's like her wanting to just do such good because of all the bad that she's done do you not feel like a little bit that it's a good like 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 what would you call it a parable about, like, oh, yeah, you can have all this shit happen to you that's out of your control, but it's up to you to change it. Because she could have just been like, you know, this is how I was raised, and this is what, you know, I'm, you know, basically fucked up. But it's like, but she chose not to continue down that path. And we said, you can't really blame her if she was brainwashed since, like, a child to be like this. Yeah, I mean, you have to think of how much it must have took for her to fight against all of that training, all of that, like, and, you know, I think it goes into where, again, Yelena is kind of like, you left us, and Natasha's probably like, I had to. I couldn't become who I am and stay there. Like, all that is is, you know, brainwashing, and I was trying to get away from that. Uh, I'm gonna say, um, why is why is she helping her again? Because is she still with the Black Widows, Yolinda or Yolina? I don't think, I don't think Yolina is. I think Yolina's, but I think that Yolina like say still lives maybe in it, but I don't think she's there because I think the whole point is that they're trying to take down um the program. Well, because, see, the other thing was is that uh, Taskmaster in that trailer, it's like, bring her back home. Like, bring her back to the room, basically. So that's why I was like, if she's, if the others aren't with that, why would they be helping her? Um, I mean, I think they just want to help her take down the Red Room because, you know, Yelena was also trained in it. They all, all were trained in it. But I think there's a degree of maybe they were also fucked over by it. Because if you remember from the trailer, like, Alexi's literally breaking out of prison. So, you know, and the Red Guardian was supposed to be the USSR's version of Captain America. So why would they have put their symbol in prison? And it's like, well, it's like once they were done with him. You know, well, you know they were I done Thinking mm-hmm. back. Mm. Alexi says to them, my girls are strong, and it's like he's kind of like has a hand on them, like he's upset, and it makes me wonder if he's about to be taken to prison for trying to take them away from that lifestyle and basically defecting, and that's why he's in prison for protecting them. 
Right. I think that the thing with them is that they all were slowly defecting away from all of this. Because it would make sense. How would Natasha, you know, start to move away if maybe, you know, he helped with that a little bit too and lost faith in it? Because he seems to be very adamant on helping them. And like you said, why would they put their greatest, you know, weapon basically in a cell if not for that he defected? Right. And it's like you have to imagine if Natasha didn't have those doubts, right, already there. It, she wouldn't have been so easily changed by Clint, right, where Clint yeah. was, hey, come to S.H.I.E.L.D. If she was so deeply brainwashed, she would have been like, fuck no, I'm going to kill you right now. But she may have been thinking all that, but because she was, you know, born into it, you know, didn't know where else to go or what else to do. And then when you have someone who's finally offering you a way out, it's like, okay, now I'm going to defect. Man, I wish we would have got more of her. <laughs> it's this whole, like, it, it's definitely a story that we still need more answers for. And I'm glad that we're getting the Black Widow movie because now we'll finally be able to get all these explanations. And I just hope that, though, there's not more questions than answers at the end of it. But, um but, Brittany, what do you think about the number one? I mean, with that uh, that very infamous Loki and Dude, Natasha I scene. I love that scene. Because I remember watching it, and I felt like a little, like, that hot, sick feeling you get when something is very intense, right? Especially yeah. when you're, like, trying to take that all in. And I remember, I was like, oh, God, you know, you know he's doing it. like, oh, this is bad, and then when she turned around and did that, I was like, instant relief. Instant relief, <laughs> but I'm like, dang, son, she's fucking, like, I guess it just, she she was a strong female character done right, because sometimes I hate when, and it's okay to be super, like, that, a super tough female, but sometimes they almost make it that to be a strong character, you have, that you give up some of that, that soft femininity to it, which isn't bad, but I'm just saying, like, it's nice to see that you can be fierce and be small at the same time. You know what I mean? That delicacy. But she's not delicate at all. She just appears that way. Well, almost like they have a lot of times where it's like, oh, look, she's just the silent, you know, strong female with no personality. You know, yeah. and it's like Natasha had a ton of personality. I just love that whole scene, like, where you thought at first Loki got through to her and in reality Natasha was just upper hand the entire time um which, you know looking back if he had broken her that would have been like dude that was pretty weak sauce coming from Loki he's a little bitch oh don't you insult my I my man Loki. <laughs> like they made him so like um like the uh it's almost like an underdog story now I love Loki. Um, but, you know, I never shy away from the fact that, like, I wrote fan fiction. And let me tell you, in 2012, when Avengers came out and that scene happened, I was like, I know what I'm writing when I get home. <laughs> I was kind of talking about, like, that hot, sick feeling you get when something's really intense. I was like, it was that kind of hot, sick feeling. <laughs> 
I'm going to message her afterwards and let her know what I meant. But you know what? That's what I meant. (laughs) I was just like, can't wait to write. Can't wait. Like rubbing my hands together like, oh, yeah, going to go home and write something bad. (laughs) Write something bad. Oh, my God. There's nothing wrong with us. Yes, 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 there is. But, um, Brittany, you know, before we wrap everything up today, did you have any honorable mentions of uh, Natasha's greatest hits, as I like to call it now? Um, maybe, like, whenever she actually did go see Bruce Banner, because it was, like, it took some convincing. I did think that was a good scene, um, where then she kind of, like, pulled the gun out on him, and then you noticed that, like, he was getting observed because you remember at first he's like oh what do you have like all these agents outside and blah blah blah. and she's like no it's just you and me and then like when it looks like he may try and attack her it's like no they they have agents everywhere everywhere no that was intense i liked that scene a lot i'm trying to think anything else what do you got um uh which one calls it again i I love the fight scene in Iron Man 2 when it's revealed finally that she is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and her and Happy go to, like, this facility and Happy spends, like, 10 minutes fighting one person while Natasha literally, like, knocks out 20 guys in one fell swoop. To me, I just thought that was so... Um, I also... It's such a small, small scene... But I love her in freaking what you calls it, the Winter Soldier, when Steve and Sam are talking for the first time, and she pulls up in her car and she's like, "Hey guys, I'm looking for a fossil. Can you point me to the Smithsonian?" But she's like oh talking about. I thought I that, that that was. I wish I could have got more interactions between her and Loki. I could have shipped it. Oh fuck oh. yeah, one hundred percent. Um. And I guess the last thing is, there's a scene in Age of Ultron, right, when they're in Sokovia fighting against all the other robots, and Steve, like, throws the shield to her for a second, so you literally have Natasha, like, wielding the shield for a hot second, fighting against the robots, and I'm like, I love the symbolism here. I love it. (laughs) It's like, I didn't know I needed this, but now I need it. But now I need it. So, yeah, those are, like, little things. Um, I just always like Natasha. Again, she was the first female in the Avengers movie, Um, and I always thought that she was this great, like, pivotal character. She was important even with the Avengers as it kept growing and all these characters that had, like, powers and abilities, and, you know, she's, quote-unquote, just an assassin, and I still felt like she could hold her own every single time. Um, and I did feel like a lot of times she was the glue that kept everything together. So I just, I love Natasha. I think that she deserved more respect in the MCU. I think we deserved a Black Widow movie years ago. Um, yeah, not like a million years when she's dead. Well, okay, let me tell you this, right, really quick. Before the first Avengers movie came out, you know, it's like all the characters had their individual movies. We had Iron Man. We had two Iron Man movies, right, before the first Avengers. We had a Thor movie. We had a Captain America movie. 
And, you know, when I saw her in Iron Man 2, I was like, cool, we're going to have a Black Widow movie now. Okay, Black movie didn't happen. Avengers happened. All right, well, Avengers happened. We're definitely getting this Black Widow movie. Didn't happen. And I'm like, where the hell is a Black Widow movie? <laughs> like, what the hell? And then it's like, oh, we're going to have, we're, we're finally going to have one. Endgame happens, and she's dead. And I'm like, oh, this is our consolation prize. Okay. I see. <laughs> yeah, you bastard. <laughs> But then I think I remember Scarlett Johansson herself said, like, if they had done it 10 years ago, it wouldn't be the story that they're doing now. And it's like, I get that, but I still wanted it. I know. I'm still salty, though. It's like, I guess you're right, but I'm still salty about it. Well, because, you know, this movie's supposed to take place in between Civil War and Infinity War, right? But... Why didn't we just have this movie then in between Civil War and Infinity War <laughs> to explain right. where she's been this whole time? Yeah, you could have had know. it a long time ago, but they're like, well, you know, her death wouldn't have the same impact, yada yada. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds like a whole lot of bullshit to me. But anyway, I'm really excited, Brittany. Uh, this was great. I love it. Can't wait for the Black Widow movie. It looks fantastic. Our man David Harbour is in it. Our girl Scarlett Johansson. Florence Harbour. Florence Puh, I'll say. Um, and Rachel Weiss are in it. So it's a absolutely fantastic cast. Um, it looks full of action. It looks espionage. It looks like Winter Soldier-esque. And considering Winter Soldier was my favorite movie, I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm pumped. Can't wait to watch it. I'll probably watch it at home, you know, yeah. uh, which will be my first full movie that I've seen at home. But I don't care. At this point, I just want to see it. So I, I don't know, give I a shit. I don't care how. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this point, at this point, this later on, we would have already had the DVD out. We would have already had the digital version. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> you know, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just glad that they didn't put it on dis like that. They uh, stopped being so hard headed about the Disney Plus part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, who knows what's going on, right? Would we obviously would have wanted to see it in theaters? You know, duh, of course, but we can't. So I will watch it here at home, and I'll love every freaking minute of it. So there you go. But, um, Brittany, before I let you go today, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, what you got going on, and all that good stuff. I going to say, you can always find me at Twitch at Itty Bitty Brit. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Randomizer. Uh, I've also <laughs> got my VR headset uh, set up to where I can wirelessly stream my VR headset now. To it, which that reminds me to you. The next time I see you, I will I will buy a uh, a carrying case for my VR and I will put you in VR. <laughs> Just know Uh-oh. you'll get motion sick. Uh, knowing you, I get motion sick, and we're both little motion sick babies. But yes. um, I am playing Half Life Alex, and that game is so cool that you can pick up like a marker in the thing, and I can legitimately like hold my hand like it knows the pressure of how hard I'm pushing this pencil or pen. I can say like this marker into the glass to like how thick the line is. VR is getting insane, Tia, which uh, Tia maybe should one day stream if she could get the setup for it, do some Grand Theft Auto 5. 
Uh, and since she's so obsessed with it, it would be a good time. Yeah, yeah Grand Theft Auto Five has taken over my life. Um, there has been days where I'm like, I have a lot to do today, but I'm going to play this game. And I'll, like, sit there and say to myself, um, you know, say, like, 11 o'clock. Okay, I'll play for an hour, right, while Paulie cleans. I'll play for an hour. And then I look at my watch, and it's, like, 6 o'clock at night. And I'm like, fuck. Is there um, a DLC have... hmm? DLC for it? A DLC? I'm not sure. I don't know. There's been lots of updates. What did you say? Like, extra content, like, downloadable content. I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's been, like, a lot of, like, updates, right, that have added things throughout the years. Because the game literally came out in 2013. It's not a new game. It's been out for a really long time now at this point, so it's gone through a lot. But I don't know, like, a whole lot. But there is an online version. You can play online, but I much prefer playing the story. Um, but yeah, I'm fucking obsessed. I have not been this obsessed with the game since I was like a teenager playing SSX Tricky. I'm like, holy shit, I'm spending hours, hours on this. But yeah, um, but anyway, please make sure that you check Brittany out. She's a very dedicated streamer who spends a lot of time, more time than I spend on GTA V, uh, <laughs> entertaining everyone. So please make sure you check that out. As for me... Um, you know, you can always find me at TC Stark, uh, TC underscore, underscore Stark on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to Geek Vibes Podcast on YouTube. We have a lot of great content there. We're only um, about 40 followers away from reaching 1,000 followers, so that's great. Please make sure you check that out. Please make sure you check, uh, you support the top 10 because we love what we do. We're here every single week, um, and we just want to continue being able to do this for a long time coming. But, yeah, everyone, make sure that you tell us what your favorite Black Widow moment was from the MCU, and we will both see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc